Book Six, Chapter One of the Wars of the Jews. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Wars of the Jews by Josephus, translated by William Whiston, Book Six, containing the interval of about one month from the great extremity to which the Jews were reduced, to the taking of Jerusalem by Titus. Chapter 1 That the miseries still grew worse, and how the Romans made an assault upon the tower of Antonia. 1. Thus did the miseries of Jerusalem grow worse and worse every day, and the seditious were still more irritated by the calamities they were under, even while the famine preyed upon themselves, after it had preyed upon the people. And indeed the multitude of carcasses that lay in heaps one upon another was a horrible sight, and produced a pestilential stench, which was a hindrance to those that would make sallies out of the city, and fight the enemy. But as those were to go in battle array, who had been already used to ten thousand murders, and must tread upon those dead bodies as they marched along, so were not they terrified, nor did they pity men as they marched over them, nor did they deem this affront, offered to the deceased, to be any ill omen to themselves. But, as they had their right hands already polluted with the murders of their own countrymen, and in that condition ran out to fight with foreigners, they seemed to me to have cast a reproach upon God himself, as if he were too slow in punishing them. For the war was not now gone on with as if they had any hope of victory for they gloried after a brutish manner, in that despair of deliverance they were already in. And now the Romans, although they were greatly distressed in getting together their materials, raised their banks in one and twenty days, after they had cut down all the trees that were in the country that adjoined to the city, and that for ninety furlongs round about, as I have already related. And truly the very view itself of the country was a melancholy thing, for those places which were before adorned with trees and pleasant gardens were now become a desolate country every way, and its trees were all cut down. Nor could any foreigner that had formerly seen Judea and the most beautiful suburbs of the city, and now saw it as a desert, but lament and mourn sadly at so great a change. For the war had laid all the signs of beauty quite waste, nor if any one that had known the place before had come on a sudden to it now, would he have known it again. But though he were at the city itself, yet would he have inquired for it notwithstanding. 2. And now the banks were finished, they afforded a foundation for fear both to the Romans and to the Jews, for the Jews expected that the city would be taken, unless they could burn those banks, as did the Romans expect that, if these were once burnt down, they should never be able to take it. For there was a mighty scarcity of materials, and the bodies of the soldiers began to fail with such hard labours, as did their souls faint with so many instances of ill success. Nay, the very calamities themselves that were in the city proved a greater discouragement to the Romans than those within the city for they found the fighting men of the Jews to be not at all mollified among such their sore afflictions, 
while they had themselves perpetually less and less hopes of success, and their banks were forced to yield to the stratagems of the enemy, their engines to the firmness of their wall, and their closest fights to the boldness of their attack. And, what was their greatest discouragement of all, they found the Jews' courageous souls to be superior to the multitude of the miseries they were under, by their sedition, their famine, and the war itself, insomuch that they were ready to imagine that the violence of their attacks was invincible, and that the alacrity they showed would not be discouraged by their calamities. For what would not those be able to bear, if they should be fortunate, who turned their very misfortunes to the improvement of their valour? These considerations made the Romans to keep a stronger guard about their banks than they had formerly had done. 3. But now John and his party took care for securing themselves afterward, even in case this wall should be thrown down, and fell to their work before the battering rams were brought against them. Yet did they not compass what they endeavoured to do, but as they were gone out with their torches, they came back under great discouragement, before they came near to the banks. And the reasons were these, that, in the first place, their conduct did not seem to be unanimous, but they went out in distinct parties, and at distinct intervals, and after a slow manner, and timorously, and to say all in a word, without a Jewish courage, for they were now defective in what is peculiar to our nation, that is, in boldness, in violence of assault, and in running upon the enemy altogether, and in persevering in what they go about, though they do not at first succeed in it. But they now went out in a more languid manner than usual, and at the same time found the Romans set in array, and more courageous than ordinary and that they guarded their banks, both with their bodies and their entire armour, and this to such a degree on all sides, that they left no room for the fire to get among them, and that every one of their souls was in such good courage, that they would sooner die than desert their ranks. For besides their notion that all their hopes were cut off, in case these their works were once burnt, the soldiers were greatly ashamed that subtlety should be quite too hard for courage, madness for armour, multitude for skill, and Jews for Romans. The Romans had now also another advantage, in that their engines for sieges cooperated with them in throwing darts and stones as far as the Jews, when they were coming out of the city, whereby the man that fell became an impediment to him that was next to him, as did the danger of going farther make them less zealous in their attempts and for those that had run under the darts, some of them were terrified by the good order and closeness of the enemy's ranks before they came to a close fight, and others were pricked with their spears and turned back again. At length they reproached one another for their cowardice, and retired without doing anything. This attack was made upon the first day of the month Panemus, Tammuz. So when the Jews were retreated, the Romans brought their engines, although they had all the while stones thrown at them from the tower of Antonia, and were assaulted by fire and sword, and by all sorts of darts, which necessity afforded the Jews to make use of. For although these had great dependence on their own wall, and a contempt of the Roman engines, yet did they endeavour to hinder the Romans from bringing them. Now these Romans struggled hard, on the contrary, to bring them, 
as deeming that this zeal of the Jews was in order to avoid any impression to be made on the tower of Antonia, because its wall was but weak, and its foundations rotten. However, that tower did not yield to the blows given it from the engines, yet did the Romans bear the impressions made by the enemy's darts which were perpetually cast at them, and did not give way to any of those dangers that came upon them from above, and so they brought their engines to bear. But then, as they were beneath the other, and were sadly wounded by the stones thrown down upon them, some of them threw their shields over their bodies, and partly with their hands, and partly with their bodies, and partly with crows they undermined its foundations, and with great pains they removed four of its stones. Then night came upon both sides, and put an end to this struggle for the present. However, that night the wall was so shaken by the battering-rams in that place, where John had used his stratagem before, and had undermined their banks, that the ground then gave way, and the wall fell down suddenly. 4. When this accident had unexpectedly happened, the minds of both parties were variously affected, for though one would expect that the Jews would be discouraged, because this fall of their wall was unexpected by them, and they had made no provision in that case, yet did they pull up their courage, because the tower of Antonia itself was still standing, as was the unexpected joy of the Romans at this fall of the wall soon quenched by the sight they had of another wall, which John and his party had built within it. However, the attack of this second wall appeared to be easier than that of the former, because it seemed a thing of greater facility to get up to it through the parts of the former wall that were now thrown down. This new wall appeared also to be much weaker than the Tower of Antonia, and accordingly the Romans imagined that it had been erected so much on the sudden that they should soon overthrow it. Yet did not anybody venture now to go up to this wall, for that such as first ventured so to do must certainly be killed. 5. And now Titus, upon consideration that the alacrity of soldiers in war is chiefly excited by hopes and by good words, and that exhortations and promises do frequently make men to forget the hazards they run, nay, sometimes to despise death itself, got together the most courageous part of his army, and tried what he could do with his men by these methods. "'O oh, fellow-soldiers,' said he, to make an exhortation to men to do what hath no peril in it, is on that very account inglorious to such to whom that exhortation is made. And indeed so it is in him that makes the exhortation, an argument of his own cowardice also. I therefore think that such exhortations ought then only to be made use of when affairs are in a dangerous condition, and yet are worthy of being attempted by every one themselves. Accordingly, I am fully of the same opinion with you, that it is a difficult task to go up this wall, but that it is proper for those that desire reputation for their valour to struggle with difficulties in such cases as will then appear, when I have particularly shown that it is a brave thing to die with glory, and that the courage here necessary shall not go unrewarded in those that first begin the attempt." and let my first argument to move you to it be taken from what probably some would think reasonable to dissuade you. I mean, the constancy and patience of these Jews, even under their ill successes. For it is unbecoming you, 
who are Romans and my soldiers, who have in peace been taught how to make wars, and who have also been used to conquer in those wars, to be inferior to Jews, either in action of the hand, or in courage of the soul, and this especially when you are at the conclusion of your victory, and are assisted by God himself. For as to our misfortunes, they have been owing to the madness of the Jews, while their sufferings have been owing to your valour, and to the assistance God hath afforded you. For as to the seditions they have been in, and the famine they are under, and the siege they now endure, and the fall of their walls without our engines, what can they all be but demonstrations of God's anger against them, and of his assistance afforded us? It will not therefore be proper for you, either to show yourselves inferior to those to whom you are really superior, or to betray that divine assistance which is afforded you. And, indeed, how can it be esteemed otherwise than a base and unworthy thing, that while the Jews, who need not be much ashamed if they be deserted, because they have long learned to be slave to others, do yet despise death, that they may be so no longer, and do make sallies into the very midst of us frequently, not in hopes of conquering us, but merely for a demonstration of their courage. We, who have gotten possession of almost all the world that belongs to either land or sea, to whom it would be a great shame if we do not conquer them, do not at once undertake any attempt against our enemies, wherein there is much danger, but sit still idle, with such brave arms as we have, and only wait till the famine and fortune do our business themselves, and this when we have it in our power, with some small hazard, to gain all that we desire. For if we go up to this tower of Antonia, we gain the city. For if there should be any more occasion for fighting against those within the city, which I do not suppose there will, since we shall then be upon the top of the hill, and be upon our enemies before they can have taken breath, these advantages promise us no less than a certain and sudden victory. Footnote. Reland notes here very pertinently that the tower of Antonia stood higher than the floor of the temple or court adjoining to it, and that accordingly they descended thence into the temple, as Josephus elsewhere speaks also. End of footnote. As for myself, I shall at present waive any commendation of those who die in war, and omit to speak of the immortality of those men who are slain in the midst of their martial bravery. Footnote. In this speech of Titus we may clearly see the notions which the Romans then had of death, and of the happy state of those who died bravely in war, and the contrary estate of those who died ignobly in their beds by sickness. Reland here also produces two parallel passages, the one out of Atonia Janus Marcellinus, concerning the Alani, that, quote, they judged that man happy who laid down his life in battle, end quote. the other of Valerius Maximus, who says, quote, that the Cimbri and Celtiberi exulted for joy in the army, as being to go out of the world gloriously and happily, end of quote, end of footnote. Yet cannot I forbear to imprecate upon those who are of contrary disposition, that they may die in time of peace, by some distemper or other, since their souls are condemned to the grave together with their bodies. For what man of virtue is there who does not know, 
that those souls which are severed from their fleshly bodies in battles by the sword are received by the ether, that purest of elements, and joined to that company which are placed among the stars, that they become good demons and propitious heroes, and show themselves as such to their posterity afterwards. While upon those souls that wear away in and with their distempered bodies comes a subterranean night to dissolve them to nothing, and a deep oblivion to take away all the remembrance of them, and this notwithstanding they be clean from all spots and defilements of this world, so that, in this ease, the soul at the same time comes to the utmost bounds of its life, and of its body, and of its memorial also. But since he hath determined that death is to come of necessity upon all men, a sword is a better instrument for that purpose than any disease whatsoever. Why is it not then a very mean thing for us not to yield up that to the public benefit which we must yield up to fate? And this discourse have I made, upon the supposition that those who at first attempt to go upon this wall must needs be killed in the attempt, though still men of true courage have a chance to escape even in the most hazardous undertakings. For in the first place, that part of the former wall that is thrown down is easily to be ascended, and for the new-built wall it is easily destroyed. Do you, therefore, many of you, pull up your courage and set about this work, and do you mutually encourage and assist one another, and this your bravery will soon break the hearts of your enemies, and perhaps such a glorious undertaking as yours is may be accomplished without bloodshed. For although it is justly to be supposed that the Jews will try to hinder you at your first beginning to go up to them, yet when you have once concealed yourselves from them, and driven them away by force, they will not be able to sustain your efforts against them any longer, though but a few of you prevent them, and get over the wall. As for that person who first mounts the wall, I should blush for shame if I did not make him to be envied of others, by those rewards I would bestow upon him. If such a one escape with his life, he shall have the command of others that are now but his equals, although it be true also that the greatest rewards will accrue to such as die in the attempt. 6. Upon this speech of Titus, the rest of the multitude were affrighted at so great a danger. But there was one whose name was Sabinus, a soldier that served among the cohorts, an Assyrian by birth who appeared to be of very great fortitude, both in the actions he had done, and the courage of his soul he had shown, although anybody would have thought, before he came to his work, that he was of such a weak constitution of body, that he was not fit to be a soldier. For his colour was black, his flesh was lean and thin, and lay close together. But there was a certain heroic soul that dwelt in this small body, which body was indeed much too narrow for that peculiar courage which was in him. Accordingly he was the first that rose up, when he thus spake, I readily surrender up myself to thee, O Caesar. I first ascend the wall, and I heartily wish that my fortune may follow my courage and my resolution. And if some ill fortune grudge me the success of my undertaking, take notice that my ill success will not be unexpected, but that I choose death voluntarily for thy sake. When he had said this, and had spread out his shield over his head with his left hand, with his right hand drawn his sword, 
he marched up to the wall just about the sixth hour of the day. There followed him eleven others, and no more, that resolved to imitate his bravery. But still this was the principal person of them all, and went first, as excited by a divine fury. Now those that guarded the wall shot at them from thence, and cast innumerable darts upon them from every side. They also rolled very large stones upon them, which overthrew some of those eleven that were with him. But as for Sabinus himself, he met the darts that were cast at him, and though he was overwhelmed with them, yet did he not leave off the violence of his attack before he had gotten up on the top of the wall, and had put the enemy to flight. For as the Jews were astonished at his great strength and the bravery of his soul, and as withal they imagined more of them had got upon the wall than really had, they were put to flight. And now one cannot but complain here of fortune, as still envious at virtue, and always hindering the performance of glorious achievements. This was the case of the man before us, when he had just obtained his purpose, for he then stumbled at a certain large stone, and fell down upon it headlong with a very great noise, upon which the Jews turned back, and when they saw him to be alone, and fallen down also, they threw darts at him from every side. However, he got upon his knee, and covered himself with his shield, and at the first defended himself against them, and wounded many of those that came near him. But he was soon forced to relax his right hand, by the multitude of the wounds that had been given him, till at length he was quite covered over with darts before he gave up the ghost. He was one who deserved a better fate, by reason of his bravery, but, as might be expected, he fell under so vast an attempt. As for the rest of his partners, the Jews dashed three of them to pieces with stones, and slew them as they were gotten up to the top of the wall. The other eight, being wounded, were pulled down and carried back to the camp. These things were done upon the third day of the month Panemus, Tammuz. 7. Now two days afterward, twelve of those men that were on the forefront and kept watch upon the banks got together, and called to them the standard-bearer of the fifth legion, and two others of a troop of horsemen, and one trumpeter. These went without noise, about the ninth hour of the night, through the ruins to the tower of Antonia. And when they had cut the throats of the first guards of the place, as they were asleep, they got possession of the wall, and ordered the trumpeter to sound his trumpet, upon which the rest of the guard got up on the sudden, and ran away before anybody could see how many they were that had gotten up, for, partly from the fear they were in, and partly from the sound of the trumpet which they heard, they imagined a great number of the enemy were gotten up. But as soon as Caesar heard the signal, he ordered the army to put on their armor immediately, and come thither with his commanders, and first of all ascended, as did the chosen men that were with him. And as the Jews were flying away to the temple, they fell into that mine which John had dug under the Roman banks. Then did the seditious of both the bodies of the Jewish army, as well that belonging to John as that belonging to Simon, drive them away, and indeed were no way wanting as to the highest degree of force and alacrity, for they esteemed themselves entirely ruined if once the Romans got into the temple, as did the Romans look upon the same thing as the beginning of their entire conquest. So a terrible battle was fought at the entrance of the temple, while the Romans were forcing their way, in order to get possession of that temple. 
and the Jews were driving them back to the Tower of Antonia, in which battle the darts were on both sides useless, as well as the spears, and both sides drew their swords and fought it out hand to hand. Now during the struggle, the positions of the men were undistinguished on both sides, and they fought at random, the men being intermixed one with another, and confounded, by reason of the narrowness of the place, while the noise that was made fell on the ear after an indistinct manner, because it was so very loud. Great slaughter was now made on both sides, and the combatants trod upon the bodies and the armour of those that were dead, and dashed them to pieces. Accordingly, to which side soever the battle inclined, those that had the advantage exhorted one another to go on, as did those that were beaten make great lamentation, but still there was no room for flight, nor for pursuit. But disorderly revolutions and retreats, while the armies were intermixed one with another, but those that were in the first ranks were under the necessity of killing or being killed, without any way of escaping, for those on both sides that came behind forced those before them to go on, without leaving any space between the armies. At length, the Jews' violent zeal was too hard for the Romans' skill, and the battle already inclined entirely that way, for the fight had lasted from the ninth hour of the night till the seventh hour of the day. While the Jews came on in crowds, and had the danger the temple was in for their motive, the Romans having no more here than a part of their army, for those legions, on which the soldiers on that side depended, were not come up to them so it was at present thought sufficient by the Romans to take possession of the Tower of Antonia. 8. But there was one Julian, a centurion, that came from Ithinia, a man he was of great reputation, whom I had formerly seen in that war, and one of the highest fame, both for his skill in war, his strength of body, and the courage of his soul. This man, seeing the Romans giving ground, and ill a sad condition, for he stood by Titus at the tower of Antonia, leaped out, and of himself alone put the Jews to flight, when they were already conquerors, and made them retire as far as the corner of the inner court of the temple. From him the multitude fled away in crowds, as supposing that neither his strength nor his violent attacks could be those of a mere man. Accordingly, he rushed through the midst of the Jews, as they were dispersed all abroad, and killed those that he caught. Nor, indeed, was there any sight that appeared more wonderful in the eyes of Caesar, or more terrible to others, than this. However, he was himself pursued by fate, which is not at all possible that he, who was but a mortal man, should escape. For as he had shoes all full of thick and sharp nails, as had every one of the other soldiers, so when he ran on the pavement of the temple, he slipped and fell down upon his back with a very great noise, which was made by his armour. Footnote. No wonder that this Julian, who had so many nails in his shoes, slipped upon the pavement of the temple, which was smooth, and laid with marble of different colours. End footnote. This made those that were running away to turn back whereupon those Romans that were in the tower of Antonia set up a great shout, as they were in fear for the man. But the Jews got about him in crowds, and struck at him with their spears and with their swords on all sides. Now he received a great many of the strokes of these iron weapons upon his shield, 
and often attempted to get up again, but was thrown down by those that struck at him. Yet did he, as he lay along, stab many of them with his sword. Nor was he soon killed, as being covered with his helmet and his breastplate in all those parts of the body where he might be mortally wounded. He also pulled his neck close to his body, till all his other limbs were shattered, and nobody durst come to defend him, and then he yielded to his fate. Now Caesar was deeply affected on account of this man of so great fortitude, and especially as he was killed in the sight of so many people. He was desirous himself to come to his assistance, but the place would not give him leave, while such as could have done it were too much terrified to attempt it. Thus when Julian had struggled with death a great while, and had let but few of those that had given him his mortal wound go off unhurt, he had at last his throat cut, though not without some difficulty, and left behind him a very great fame, not only among the Romans and with Caesar himself, but among his enemies also. Then did the Jews catch up his dead body, and put the Romans to flight again, and shut them up in the tower of Antonia. Now those that most signalized themselves, and fought most zealously in this battle of the Jewish side, were one Alexis and Glyphthius, of John's party, and of Simon's party were Malachias, and Judas the son of Myrto, and James the son of Sosus, the commander of the Idumeans, and of the zealots two brethren, Simon and Judas, the sons of Jairus. End of Book 6, Chapter 1